Welcome to Outwit Outplayout Pod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we are less than a week away from a brand new season of Survivor. Kayla, how fired up are we for Survivor season 45? Fired up and ready to go! Woo! Let's do it. 45 is a big number. Um, And Survivor's back, so we are back. Every Friday morning, you can expect our fire takes in your podcast feed as we break down the most recent episode of Survivor. Kayla, what can the fans expect from us this season? New fun segments. Introducing one of those today. Stay tuned to the end to stay to see what we have up our sleeve. We have some fan engagement. As always, right into that little email. We're gonna be in the Reddit threads on Twitter slash X, seeing what you guys have to say. A little bit more structure. We have an outline this season, which Isaac so kindly fills out. Bless him. And you might see us online. So Come to our next episode, and we'll have a little announcement that we'll have to do with the socials. Yeah, stay tuned. Well, because this is a preview episode, we don't have a premiere to discuss, but Jeff Probst, in his eternal wisdom, has blessed us with some preview content that we're going to talk through today. So we're going to meet this season's cast. We're going to hold our first ever Mock Tribal segment, and we're going to talk about which survivors we have our eye on. But Kayla, let's start with the biggest news of the season. Tell it to the people. 90-minute episodes. Woo! Okay, do I think this is marginally related to the strike? Yes, we are in solidarity with workers around the world. I think the deficit of scripted dramas as a function of Hollywood strikes is a win in the Survivor column. So they had more airtime to fill. So we're getting 90-minute episodes. I'm excited because I think, especially last season... They did not do enough work, they being the producers, to let us know about the little moments at camp with which led ultimately to Jam Jam's victory. Like, I think we saw a little bit of that in that one episode where he was like, oh, boring day around camp, like not much to do, and seeing how he really brought people together in that moment. And I think we're going to get a lot more of those small beats that in the end are really going to illuminate people's social games. I think that's exactly right. I think it was like once every few episodes in previous seasons under the hour framework where we get like a little bit of an insight, like what is it actually like to be on Survivor and to live with all these people day in, day out, and make up little fun games to like pass the time away. You'd think that we're going to have a better feel than ever for what it is like to be on Survivor. And we've talked a lot of, like, we had a lot of conversation last season about how it felt like there was stuff on the cutting room floor that we really wanted to see. Yeah, I want to see that. And especially with, like, the genre of, like, unexplained random votes at Tribal Council, I've got to think that we are more puzzled by that because shorter episodes don't allow them to give us the context than some of the seemingly harebrained decisions Mm -hmm. which we probably just don't have the context on so maybe we'll get more more context there but also do you think this is going to help with the we've talked about it outside of the podcast but it's like tribal councils are low-key getting a little dry yeah like a little boring do you think this is going to actually make that worse because we'll know everything that was said i do think at 90 minutes even though they have so much film, it's like when um, 
the people script the Real Housewives reunions where they're like, this is an art, like, of seeing what we're going to see. Like, do you think that's going to be even more boring? Because we'll have seen all of the highlights, I feel like, at the 90-minute mark. Yeah. If Tribal Council is, like, the winner of the competition among which aspects of the show get longer, I'm going to be pretty worried, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. I feel like it has been trending in the wrong direction. Something I just thought of is, I don't know for sure, but I think that the 90-minute episode call was made after filming. And I've got to think that if, I, I really huh. don't know. I really don't know. But like, I would imagine that you might film slightly differently and structure things like yes. a tribal council differently when you know everything is going to have more room to breathe. Like, basically I'm saying that because I'd be hopeful that if Jeff had that information, he would <laughs> attack boring tribal council we as a problem. believe in you, Jeff. Yeah, he would like go deeper. I don't know what has to be done, but we just got to do something to get out of the like talking points scripted era of tribal council that I feel like we've been in for the last two to three seasons. Okay, from a viewer standpoint, are you ready to commit 90 minutes? This is not a problem for me at all. Oh, you're like, I'm ready. I'm leaning in. I'm leaning in. I mean, we're going to get 50% more survivor content than we typically do, if my math is right. You're looking at me like I know. The wheels are spinning in Kayla's head. I'm pretty sure 30 is half of 60, so 90 is 150% of 60. Yeah. Okay. I think that checks out. So, yeah, I'm not intimidated by the length. I mean, look, in this era, like, am I going to be watching commercials? Because that that is Yeah, I'm going to be watching commercials. Yeah, we're both going to be watching commercials. So I might have commercial fatigue. I might need a little bit of a project during Survivor commercial breaks to pass the time. By the end, I'm really excited to see what brands are, like, deciding to advertise on Survivor. Oh, okay. That'll be a little fun side project to stay tuned on. My personal pet project. Okay, I'm ready. I'm committed. I'm going to have to start taking notes, but I'm ready to do the work. So Kayla, for our viewing pleasure, Survivor put out a special meet the cast like 20 minute mini app that is just every cast member introducing themselves, sharing names, fun facts, etc. What did you make? Uh, and we'll link this in the show notes, by the way. Uh, what did you make of this little meet the cast special feature? I liked the feature. I don't know if we've had it in previous seasons. Yeah, I'm not but sure. But I'm happy it's here now. Yep. Um, I do have thoughts on a broad level. So you remember in what I like to call the square episodes of Survivor in which it was literally filmed in a square and now there's those big (laughs) lines on either side. So I think those are actually some of the best episodes, the square episodes. But there were little tropes. There was like hot girl with southern accent, hot guy, southern accent, like old person kind of doing their own thing. There was like young-ish, maybe previously college athlete. Like, every... They'd keep going back to the same people. You got the tropes, for sure. Year after year. It led to your Aussies, like, your Parvities. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. So I think they started to drift away from that for obvious reasons. They were like, eh, I'm not sure we're really killing it with these tropes. Like, I'm not sure they're aging well. And then I think they just started casting for fun and games. I think we're actually back to a new season of tropes and I would like to identify some of them and let me know 
if you think that there's a there there. Yeah. So I think we have the wonderkind. So far, this has often been a male, typically under the age of like 22. They're like, I'm so young. I'm so bright. Like people are going to be so dazzled by how young and bright I am. Yep. There is woman who is a counselor slash therapist mm-hmm. and is going to um, eat, pray, love her way through the <laughs> island. <laughs> Fair. There is similarly, but not to be confused with the therapist, the free spirit. Okay. Yes. That's and a big one. there is the so stoked man. Think you're your Cody's. Yeah. Um, that guy from two seasons ago who was just big, that white man with dreads. Yeah. Yeah, you know him. Mm-hmm. And finally, somebody's uncle. The uncle type character. So what is your feeling about this evolution? Because I will say in hearing you describe it, at least like you, in, in describing past seasons, you said like hot girl one and two. <laughs> at least with this, you had to give us a little more like the, this, the, the tropes are there. Yeah. But like, they it like requires a sentence of explanation. Sure, is that absolutely. progress? Is that progress? I do think it's progress. I don't know if I want it. Like, every season, I'm now starting to expect at least a wonderkind Mm -hmm. and at least a free spirit lady and at least somebody's uncle. Yeah. And so, I'm starting to think, like, will I get bored? Yeah. How many times can we see the Carsons before I'm like, okay, it's tired, it's played? Yeah. So, a few thoughts. One, uh, the trailer for this season of Survivor, which we can also link in the show notes, the first line is spoken by uh, a guy named Sifu, and he says, everyone has a story to tell. And then you have this montage that, to your point, is like Survivor trying in very few words to identify like the type of person that this is going exactly. to be. Yeah. And one thing I wonder, I-, I wonder two things. Clearly Survivor is trying to do that. Yes. Like, I think Survivor has become more about like, yeah, but what's the story of the Survivor? But then Who I feel they person? also don't do enough storytelling. Like... They're casting for a story, but then I don't feel everyone's stories are fully fleshed out. So then I'm kind of confused. And I think I'm not a big fan of the flashback genre, which is where they've tried to do that. Mm -hmm. It can often feel quite forced uh, and a little bit repetitive. Um, But yeah, I tend to agree with you. The only other thing I'll throw in there, Survivor fans play Survivor. So they are also familiar with the tropes. Like when you describe Mm. the Wonderkind, people are, and even in some of the promo materials we've seen, people are like, I am Cochran. Yes. I am Tony. How did you feel about that? I think it's a shame because I feel like part of the really cool thing about, you know, reality TV's greatest social experiment, aka Survivor, (laughs) is that you start with these strangers and you sort of have like tabula rasa, blank slate, and everyone is sort of like learning each other's vibe from scratch. But the shame of it is now is people are like, what type of former of survivor are, are you? Yeah, it's so like you're a like, feet quiz. yeah, so you're sort of like bucketed, and you know maybe it's kind of interesting if people manipulate that stereotype. For example, Austin, a new survivor this season, talked about how like everyone's gonna peg me as like the bro character, oh, but right. really I'm super strategic. And it's like if people sort of are conscious of their trope and use it as a strategic tool. That can be kind of interesting, but like I don't see everyone doing that. I feel, I still think yeah. that your, your criticism bears out. I tend to agree with that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. For my part, just a couple of like general observations. Um, one, the oldest contestant on this season, uh, her name is Julie. She's an attorney. She's forty nine years old, and I'm not even sure if there is anyone else in the, there. Bruce is also in his forties. 
Um, but I think that those are the only two people who are even in their 40s. And this tracks with a larger pattern where yeah. we have had Survivors young... getting young. Yeah, absolutely. Like sub-25. Like there's so many players who are like 25 and younger. <laughs> and I wonder why. I don't know if it's sort of like a um, they use it as like a rough benchmark for health and the risks associated with surviving on a desert island or they feel like the brand of the show is wanting to appeal to a younger audience. Or oh, maybe I... they're trying to get... Gen- okay, I actually think that could be true where they're probably sitting in a boardroom somewhere being like how can we make sure we're cultivating the next generation of survivor how can we reach gen z and gen alpha Uh, uh, uh." and they're like we gotta cast younger so that these people can then use their networks to bring in the new generation and i'm sure they're sure it's that actually i'm sure you're right and i'm sure the viewing demographic of survivor is aging despite us obviously feeling that it's like so hip and of the moment as your host but yeah i think that i think that is probably why i will say don't put Gen Z in a box, people. Because, like, I think Gen Z loves a member of the older generation. I agree. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Like, I, I just think, I, I don't think that, like, you can you can just say, oh, someone's my age, like, I relate to them. I think that's a mistake, if yeah. that is what's going on. I think it's more like they will talk about survivors to people in their networks. I think it's more that. Not that they'll relate. It's I think more like right. advertising. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, The other observation I wanted to make is uh, in the Entertainment Weekly piece that came out uh, as a little preview, which we will also link in the show notes, uh, one of the questions was about what type of survivor are you or who is your favorite survivor? And the two most popular answers I just thought were interesting, just just so we have a sense of the role models of this generation of survivors. Suri and Tony both had at least three answers. Love it. I think Suri had four, uh, which... I thought it was interesting. Also speaks to your comment about like the tropes. Everyone wants to be a trope, but like both have clear stories. I would say Sari is maybe the better player of the of the two of them. Are you a Sari or a Tony? I'm. Ooh, I'm a Sari. Ah! I mean, I like I sort of feel like unworthy to say that. Like I don't know if I'm qualified. <laughs> You're aspiring, an aspiring. Sari. I'm an aspiring Sari. I'm definitely not a Tony. Tony is like. You know, it is interesting because they do, I think, belong on opposite sides of this sort of spectrum of very good survivor player, which is one player who I would say in Tony is like a force of nature, like leaving his imprint on the game and shaping its trajectory. Suri also shapes the trajectory of the game, but it's because she has the highest emotional intelligence of anyone on the island. Of anyone on planet Earth. Everyone comes to her. Like Tony is a chaser. Sari mm-hmm. waits for you to come to her, and mm-hmm. then she has all the information, knowledge is power, and then she charts her path to the end. Mob boss. And both work. And both work. So it's interesting to see the survivor cast sort of divided among those two players as their favorites. Uh, but we mentioned we have a brand new segment that we are going to unveil today. So Kayla, let's gavel in our very first edition of Mock Tribal. Court is now in session. If you don't already know, Mock Tribal is when your typically agreeable hosts spit fire and spare no feelings Ooh. as we disagree on a survivor <laughs> subject of some controversy. This may or may not be due to feedback that we agree on too much. <laughs> Kayla, today's question is about the survivor watching experience, specifically the premiere watching experience. Would you recommend, irrespective of the fact that we already talked about this season's cast a little bit, should our fans research and meet the cast pre-premiere or should they preserve the purity of the experience of meeting all the Survivor contestants in episode one? Okay. I would also like to preface this yeah. by some people are playing like Survivor drafts and sometimes there's money on, on the line. So I'm going to let those people do what they want to do. Sure, um, sure. 
get your bag. However, for the average survivor watcher, no, you should absolutely not be looking ahead of time. Because look, now I've done just what I said is the problem and what we don't want the survivors cast to do. Put people in a box uh. before I've even entered the show. Like I remember I used to watch Survivor and you kind of get a sense based on like, especially the square epi days based on looks like where this was going. But especially in the new generation of Survivor, like you cannot tell on looks at all who's going to be your challenge beats, like who's going to be your puzzle masters and who's going to be an absolute menace as soon as they step foot on that island and open their mouth. Like you just don't know. Think about Marianne on the boat and the second Marianne steps off and everything is just unleashed. And if I had seen the pre-episodes of that, I would have known what to expect and probably like not have had such a positive reaction. So I think it takes away the spirit of the game. It causes you to box people in too early and it colors your colors your view of the rest of the season. Okay, I disagree on so many levels. I That's don't even rude. know if we'll, <laughs> we'll get to it. Okay, uh, the, the truth is we have run this experiment. Uh, I ran this experiment last year when I felt like as a responsible <laughs> podcast host, I should do some pre-research and understand who the heck these people are. And I will say it enriched my survivor watching experience immensely. Uh, as listeners know, I grew up watching Survivor with my family. And I always noticed this effect where people were kind of down after the first episode, maybe first couple. And it's because, not not really through a fault of the show, but it's because there's this learning curve with understanding who the heck these people are. And it is the That's biggest- part of it. No, it is the biggest storytelling challenge that Survivor <laughs> faces is who these people are. And I, I get that you're part of it. Like they can't expect everyone to do the pre-research. I'm, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm saying that you can liberate yourself from putting people in a box if you don't need to rely on their tropey stereotyping in order to memorize who these people are. Because that's why they do it. They're like, how can I in one sentence explain who this person is? Because you're seeing it for the first time in the first episode sure. of a 90-minute TV show. And I need this person to stick in your mind. If you've already just done a teensy-eensy bit to watch one of these videos or read an interview, like you don't need to rely on the stereotypes and the tropes they're offering you as these like memorization guides because you just know the people. And the fact After is... After one video, you know the people? When you know the cast... You have photographic memory? Okay, this well, news to me, I news also, to me, listeners. I also <laughs> recommend that you watch the video, take notes, <laughs> pause it, and then come up with little things to help you memorize the name of each person. Like, for example, we've talked about Austin already. To me, awesome Austin, because he's a bro and he's so stoked to be there. Awesome Austin really captures it. Uh, my the one that I'm proudest of, Sifu, Sifu, the swole survivor. He's a gym owner and he does tai chi and he's really strong. And I, I will like, I have one of these for every Julie Jr. attorney because she late in life became an attorney. So she's only been an attorney for you a couple of years. You're on the top of your head. Critical care Kelly. She's a critical <laughs> care nurse and it has like a machine gun Kelly thing that helps me uh, memorize it. So look, I get everyone's not going to be as intense as me, but if you want the most fun experience from minute one of Survivor episode one, I think you got to put in the work. Okay. We, give them the email because yeah. uh, how are we going to know? <laughs> Settle this right. settle this argument for us at widowplayoutpod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know your take. But we're going to keep this mock tribal thing going uh, uh, episode to episode. Now, 
I know we just fervently disagreed, but I do need to sort of uh, maintain that sort of negativity vibe. <laughs> Moving into the, this next segment, we're about to do Survivors to Watch. Listeners know that our favorite segment, episode to episode, is Survivors on the Move. So this is the cousin of that since we don't yet have the data to support any observations. But Kayla, why don't you tell the audience whether or not you have fulfilled your side of the bet after losing to me, failing to predict more accurately than me, who would end up the fi- in the final three in the sole survivor? Have you watched Star Wars yet? Hey, no. Do you have more to say about that? Please, no. Please speak into the mic. <laughs> um, listen, it was a busy summer. It was a rat girl summer. As you know, we were outside. We were scurrying about. Like, just didn't have time. Okay, scurrying. Okay, because <laughs> I, I believe I heard that yesterday you were sitting on your couch and you didn't feel like getting up to get the iPad. And that was... That was the insurmountable that barrier. That was said in confidence. It's been said live on air. Recording. There's consequences to not fulfilling your side of the bet. I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, let's. Uh, I'll get around to it, folks. Listeners, ask, ask me again next week. Change.org petition. Whatever you have to do. Apply pressure. Send emails. Uh, we got to get Kayla watching Survivor. Um, but now to the real action. Survivors to watch. After processing all of this wonderful preview content, Kayla, who who are the survivors you are going to be keeping an eye on from episode one? I'm keeping an eye on Julie. She was amazing. The original um, positive sentiment on a mug girl, that is Julie. <laughs> I yep. for, I forget the exact words, but she was essentially like... The hero Someone word? said, I need to... I need to... I she need needed, a hero. She needed a hero, so she became she one. She became one. Yes. And I was like, Julie, if you don't screen print that somewhere, yep. like, missed opportunity. And she said that so earnestly. I will say I also loved Heather. And I think Julie is in the same brand of okay. Heather. I'm yeah. like, I hope Julie is, like, playing pickleball on the weekends. No that's, doubt. That's what I want. And I'm so impressed by her her drive to get this law degree, Yep. like, late in life. Amazing. She's earnestly positive and optimistic. I think people are going to love Julie. Yep. Another one, Sabaya. She just is clearly that girl. She was like, yeah, I've actually done all the hard things, which is be an active military member and then stop that to be a truck driver. So she's good. Like, she has the street cred, has the street smarts. Um, I feel like she's been in the gym. Like, she, I think, was speaking about how she was a college athlete for – some race that seemed very long. Yeah. The heptathlon. The heptathlon. Decathlon. Yeah, I'd never heard of the heptathlon. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't know what this is, but I'm up. impressed. Yeah. And so therefore she's on my list. I think there's a strong case also that she wants it as much or more than anyone else, just based on the tidbits that we've gotten. I also am seeing her a lot in the edit. You know one thing I'm going to do is read the edit. Yep. So I'm, I saw a little hand here and there that yep. seemed to belong to Sabaya. <laughs> so... <laughs> Seems like they have a lot of footage of her is all I'm saying. Yep. And then last, I know I like half slandered the Wonderkind, but Brando, just adorable. Look at that man. Like, I'm so excited. And I feel like he's way less pompous than Drew. And we're going to have kind of a battle of the um, young male Wonderkins. And I definitely want to be on Brando's side because Drew... It was not giving in the previews. Yeah. Sorry, Drew. You might be a nice person, but they, they did you dirty with that edit. Yeah. Okay. So you've got Sabaya, uh, Soldier Sabaya, Julie, Junior Attorney, and our boy Brandon. Just getting the listeners a little and bit of a Brando. head start on how to... Our boy Brando. Our boy Brando. Yeah, that's going to be confusing. <laughs> right? Stay Brandon, Brando, and Bruce. It's over for me. And your team Brando over who I, uh, the guy I'm affectionately calling Vote for Drew because of his 
self-described appearance as uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. Yes. Okay, who I'm keeping a watch my eye on this season? Uh, I already mentioned Sifu, so I'll start with him. Sifu's Swole Survivor. Uh, you know, I I did a little bit of research. Oh. I'll have to cop to oh. it. Uh, and Sifu is a world champion at Push Hands, which is a form of Tai Chi, and it is all about feeling the intent and manipulating energy. And to me, he is a master in like the physical art that is the best metaphor for Survivor that I've ever heard. Okay, but why have so many Survivors lately been into Tai Chi? Are you seeing a pattern there? I think it's it's kind of a thing. I think a lot of these men are like really... Yeah, why are there so many men into Tai Chi? Not that that... I'm just seeing a pattern. I don't know about it. If anyone knows more about that, let me know. <laughs> yeah, fair. Because I feel like you're already predisposed against Danny, who is the, the jiu-jitsu master. Listen, yeah. it's giving... Yeah, it's giving Danny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and then I want to mention uh, Caleb. Caleb was coming with the the energy. Like, good or bad, he's... He was a self- coming with energy. He was coming with a lot of energy. Self-described golden retriever. He said in his youth that he invented the idea that he had an identical twin so he could blame his shenanigans yeah, on that this. that was giving... Yeah. Very suspicious. He said he's never been qualified for any job he's ever Hated had. that. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not here to say that Caleb's going to be my favorite survivor of this season but i'm here to say i think he is going to have an impact and will be at the center of the action in more ways than one probably he has a salesman smile i can feel that he's working me mm-hmm. and i Through think the screen and i'm just curious like how conscious will everyone else be of that will it aid him in the game or will it hurt him hmm. uh, and then we have critical care kelly uh she is a nurse a critical care nurse and the reason i mentioned kelly is i think it's, it's, again, about energy. Boy, I'm, like, really into energy or something. Kelly's energy, to me, is in, like, the right octave mm. of people who I think get far in Survivor. I don't think she's going to be, like, oh, identified always, yeah. as, like, the biggest threat out of the gate. Because to Final me, she four, is... for sure. She is, like, oh, wow, okay, really. I mean, don't yeah. write that down anywhere, but yeah. there's always a, like kind of benign lady that makes it very far. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I don't know when the game, maybe, maybe not, but like as a bet to get far, I'm just, the personality I'm getting from Kelly and the fact that she has to be poised as a critical care nurse and has to have the bedside manner, which she mentioned, like, I think she has the skill set that's going to set her up for success. I just do. All right. Well, that's all we got, folks. Uh, we are super excited about Survivor Season 45, are we not? Woo! Yeah. Um, So that's going to be all for this special preview edition of Outwit Outplay Outpod. If you want to share us your fire takes, please shoot us an email at outwitoutplayoutpod at gmail.com. We love to read those on the podcast. And if you're enjoying the show, spread the word, especially as we're starting a new season here. Tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday to talk about the premiere of Survivor Season 45. But until then, the tribe has spoken and so have we. Thank you.